Well, it's good to be with you this morning. I am so thankful for um, just this season that we've just come through. I know that um, many of you have had a lot of different things going on across the Christmas season, lots of traveling and spending time with family. I trust that everyone had a great Christmas and New Year uh, season, and I know it was a blessing for me, and I'm thankful for that today. I know that it may not seem like it. As I said, Happy New Year. We're already seven days in, right, because of the way the calendar felt, so it may not seem so new to you this morning, but uh, for most of us, the vacations are over and the kids are headed back to school. Uh, for some, the new year means new things on the horizon. Some of you probably have made some, uh, set some goals, made some resolutions. Some of you uh, set those with high anticipation and, and really looking forward to, to the changes that maybe those things would bring. Some are doing really, really well with those, uh, those anticipated changes. Others of you, however, may not have quite carried those out even though we're only seven days in. Okay, there's donuts in the back this morning, so just remember that, right? Uh, maybe you've already made your preparations and are resisting, right? Um, but uh, a lot of goals that are set. Uh, you're excited about what the new year brings, and, uh, and that's great. And already maybe have seen some blessings come in just seven days, seen some great blessings come into your life, and, uh, and, and that's wonderful. For others, uh, you're headed into the new year, and uh, you, you could look back, and as the holidays approached, Maybe already you know that things, you were just in a difficult season and, and maybe kind of running on empty coming into the holidays and you've kind of, you kind of pushed that back because the holidays kind of have revived you a little bit as you spent time with maybe family and friends, but now seven days into this new year already, you feel just some of that darkness settling in again and that empty, empty feeling running on empty, just trying to get through day by day by day. Maybe that is where you're living and maybe Maybe you're wondering this question, how in the world am I going to make it through another year? See, the reality is this. As I, as I have been praying and preparing even back a few weeks ago, looking into the new year, I thought, you know, the, the thing, the logical thing to preach is, you know, hey, new beginnings and about just new, new positive uh, hope. And, and that, you're going to hear that today. But the reality is this. For a lot of us, uh, we're, we're just running on empty. I thought I might get one amen there. Um, there are times when uh, I just, to be honest with you, there are times when I just, I'm, I'm going to preach from where I'm living. And maybe some of you will join me on the journey. Because this is what I know this morning, is that a lot of times we can, we can put on the face and put on the front, and we can act like everything's okay, but deep down inside, uh, we know this, that we need God's help to get through another year. And we need God's help to get through another month. And if we're honest, we need help. We need God's help to get through another day. And everybody said, right? We need God's help. And so as I was praying and preparing and planning, I said, Lord, what I need, what I need and what I believe we need is we need to hear from you in such a way that you could say, you know what? When you're running on empty, there's hope. When you're running on empty, I can provide all that you need. And uh, I trust that God will help us as we begin this series with that title, Running on Empty, and trusting that God is going to teach us and help us to, to, to gain the understanding that we need, that even when we run on empty, God is there to provide all that we need. 
I've uh, had the I've had the, just the joy, really, for me of having uh, all the family in over the last uh, few weeks. Jaron came home, uh, was home for two or three days, took off again, and then he was he'd been back this week for a couple of days. When he came home, um, he he landed here, uh, drove his car in, and and dropped it off, and said the magic words every father wants to hear. Uh, Dad, I think there's something wrong with my brakes. Could you take a look at that while I'm home on vacation? Right. And so he dropped his car, and we gave him Michelle's van, and he's been zipping around in that a little bit. And uh, there was two things I noticed. One is that he needed help with the brakes. The second is he flies in, drops his car off, gets in ours, takes off. So I go out to get in his car to go listen to the brakes. I get in it, and when I'm starting down the road, here's what I see. Do you see it? Distance to empty, dash, 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 miles. So I pull out my phone and I call him and I said, uh, hey man, uh, you drive this car a lot more than I do. What's dash, dash, dash miles? I mean, what is that in real life? It's five miles from the house to, to the interstate. Like, do I have enough gas? Oh man, hey dad, you're, you're good. Oh, you, you're good, man. You can, go, you can go like 20 miles on that. I mean, it's no problem. I'm going, yeah, it's a problem. All right, right. And I was, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the reality, and I, I was kind of putting this together, right? Putting the, thinking about this sermon series and thinking about all that. And I thought, you know, this is where a lot of us live. This is where a lot of us live. We're beyond the eight miles to go, 10 miles to go, whatever, 25 miles to go. A lot of us are living on the dash, dash, dash miles to go, right? We're just not, are we going to make it? Are we going to get through another day, another week? Are we going to get through another year? Like, I don't know. That's where a lot of us find ourselves living. With God, if you don't help me, this is where I'm at. Dash, dash, dash. There are many things that can overwhelm us and kind of cause us to feel like we're running on empty. Uh, and, and often that's where we are. Steve Farrar in his book, Overcoming Overload, he, he really pulls out three things that have, have, have helped me to kind of identify uh, some of these areas in life where that, that can cause us to run on empty very quickly. First is the pace of life. The pace of life, the go, go, go pace of life. We're on the move a lot of times. I mean, maybe not 24-7, but probably 27, right? I mean, we're on the go all the time from here to there, and demands seem to grow heavier all the time. There's a constant call to do more and to go more and to be more places and to achieve more in our life. And if you're a parent or a grandparent, the, that ratchets up the demands on, and the pace on our time, right? Uh, it's not all bad, but left unchecked. I mean, we are filling all of the margins with more things to do, and we kind of feel like this guy. If you remember this commercial. Time to make the donuts. Dunkin' Donuts are always fresh. I made the donuts. We make them at least twice every day. Time to make the donuts. Not a few kinds, like supermarkets. Made the donuts. Time to make the donuts. But up to 52 varieties. Yeah, I threw the donuts in there again, right? 
But we kind of feel that way, right? The pace of life, right? Catch ourselves coming and going. I mean, we can relate to that and how that makes us feel. We also are empty by the pressures of life, the pressures that demands on us that come at us from all different directions, comes at work through peer pressure, right? Through changes in our lives, our kids' life, the stress builds, the anxiety mounts, right? And the pressure of life just begins to weigh on us, and that causes us to feel the, the longer it goes, the more empty so often we feel, right? The pressure to get it done, the pressure to, to be there, to meet everyone's expectations, and the list goes on. And then we can also feel empty by the pain of life. Health issues come our way. And if it's not health issues for us, it may be health issues for someone we love, and we find ourselves being the caregiver for them, and, and, and that has uh, uh, pressure and, and weight that can leave us feeling empty. It can be the loss of a loved one. It can be relationship issues in the family, in the home that, that maybe no one else knows about, and yet that going on over time just can begin to deplete us, reoccurring difficulties. All of these things begin to mount up, and the reality is this. If it was only one of the three of these things, if it was just the pace or just the pressure or just the pain, like we can probably navigate our way through that, but often it's what? It's two or three of these things coming together at one time that just weighs so very heavy on us and can leave us feeling so very empty. So what do we do in the difficult seasons when we find ourselves trying to run on empty? That's the question that we're going to look at finding answers to together over these next few weeks. And this morning, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 139 is where we're going to begin uh, today. And I want to share, you, share with you what I believe is the first foundational thing that we must do when we find ourselves running on empty. The first foundational thing that we have to do is to remember that in a difficult season and we're running on empty, we need to stop and take time to remember upward. To remember upward. What can happen so often is we find all of these things happening and we begin to look inward to try to find the answers to our emptiness. And what we have to do in those moments is not look inward, but look upward and be reminded of some things that we know about God. Because what happens is when all of this is taking place in our lives, we tend to forget the very foundational things that we know to be true. And we forget those things then we really are empty. So I want to share with you some things this morning that I believe can help us to remember upward. When you're running on em empty, remember that God is all-knowing. Psalm 139, let's look together, beginning with verse 1. O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. Did you hear it? O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. If you're in a season that's left you feeling empty and exhausted with no end in sight, just pause this morning and take a deep breath and remember that God knows exactly where you are. He knows 
where you are today. He knows what you're thinking, how you're doing, how you're feeling. Sometimes we wonder, does God know? Does God care? He knows. He cares. He knows about the season that you're in that's left you feeling so empty. He knows every tear and every thought. He knows every fear. He knows every worry. He knows about the anger. He knows about the frustration, right? Ever get frustrated when you're empty? Just me, huh? God knows about your frustration this morning. He knows every question that's swirling around in your mind. Think about this. He knows about the the plans that you're putting together in your mind that would give you a way out before his way out. See, that's what we often do when we're empty is we begin thinking, how do I get out of this? I mean, I I don't like feeling this way. So what's the way out? And in our minds, we're really good at beginning to put together clever, so we think, plans to give us a way of escape before God's time. God always comes through, amen? Always comes through. But a lot of times we get in a hurry. It's not a burden on God for him to know everything that's going on in every one of our lives. Not a burden on him at all. Think about it with me. There's an author that that shares that without a telescope, you can only see about 3,000 stars in in the sky from any point on earth. Scientists estimate, and you could debate this, but this is one of the estimations because they debate it. Scientists estimate that the universe contains at least 70 sextillion stars, which is 70,000 million, million, million. That's seven with like 22 zeros after it. It's a huge number that we can't even begin to comprehend. And the reality is this, that there's more new stars being created every single day, right? Yet Psalm 147 verse 4 tells us that God counts the number of stars and he knows them by name. Louis Giglio says this. He says, if he calls every star by name, it's not likely he's forgotten yours. If he calls every star by name, it's not likely that he's forgotten yours. Not only that, but God counts the number of every, of, of every hair on the head of every person in the world. It's a bigger job for some than others for God. We're reminded that Jesus said, indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered, right? If God knows that much, then he certainly knows what you're going through right this very moment. He knows what you're facing. We have to stop in the midst of our emptiness and hear the answer to our question. Does God know what I'm facing today? Does he know what I'm going through? Does he know how empty I am? And the answer is this, absolutely. He knows today exactly what you're going through. David remembered that God knew, and he shares it with us in the first part of the psalm, but he doesn't stop there, and neither do we. God knows, but let's go on. When you're running on empty, remember not only that God knows, but that God is always present. Verse 7, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. 
If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To, the night sh- to you the night shades are as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Not only does God know all, know everything that you're facing and going through, remember this, that God is always with you. If you're thankful this morning that God is always with you, say amen. Amen. Always, no matter what is going on. David says, no matter what happens, God, I can't go anywhere that you are not. Up, down, across, it doesn't matter. God, I know that you will be there with me, no matter what. I'm facing or going through. God, you'll be there. Even if I plunge into the darkest place, think about this. You ever walk through the dark night of the soul? Ever go through a dark time in your life? Even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. If you're thankful for that, say amen. Amen. David says, even in the darkness, I can't hide. To you, the nightshades are as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. David is reminding us that even the dark times are no challenge for the God that we serve. He knows and he is right there with us every step of the way. He's present. And here's something that I can't emphasize enough this morning that I think we really have to grasp onto and believe today. We cannot judge God's love and concern for us by how we feel. We cannot judge God's love and concern for us by how we feel. How we feel is not a fair measure of God's care, concern, love for us. We'll say this, and you've said it and I've said it. I don't feel like God is with me. Or, I don't feel like God loves me. Or, I don't feel like God is concerned about what I'm facing. Or, I don't feel, I don't feel like God is here with me. Or, I feel like God has abandoned me. Or, like God is a million miles away. I just feel like he's a million miles away from me. How do you feel this morning? See, you could fill in that blank as well. How do you feel? We have a lot of different ways that we feel constantly all the time. Feelings can mislead us and feelings will always cause us to make wrong decisions. And everybody said, every time we have to move from feeling to fact. We have, to, we have to go back and review the facts when we feel the ways that I've described today because when we're running on empty, there's a lot of false feelings that are going to rise to the top. A lot of those false feelings that are going to cause us to begin to make plans that are way outside of God's will and look for that way of escape. If we're operating on feeling, it's a scary place to be. So we have to go back and look at the facts. You see, the facts are found where? In the Word of God, right? And Satan will do everything that he can to try to get us to buy into the lies of of how we feel and begin to operate on those things, that nobody cares, that God has abandoned me, that that God's not going to provide this time, that he's not going to help this time, he's not going to come through. But the fact is, is that God loves you and that he is with you today. He is all-knowing. He is ever-present. He knows exactly what you're going through, and he is right here today to help. He cares about you more than you could ever begin to 
to imagine. That's why Jesus came to this earth and took on human form and gave his life on the cross for you and for me because he loved you so much. He loved me so much. He loves us. And even during this empty season of life, don't abandon ship. Trust in the facts today. I love what Martin Luther said so many years ago. He said, feelings come and feelings go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. Not else, not else is worth believing. Right? It's the facts that God tells us. He reminds us today that there's nothing we face or go through that can separate us from his love. Aren't you glad for that? That's a fact. And today he's reaching out to you in the midst of the emptiness. And even if you've run away from him, because the reality is this, there's times when we put those plans that we make in our minds into action and we end up far from where God even intended us to be, feeling even more empty than we did before, right? And I have to remind you today that even if we've put those plans into action and we've run a long way from where God intended, can I just remind you today where God is? He's right there with you, asking you, pleading with you to come back into a relationship with him. If you're thankful for that, say amen. I'm thankful for the times in my life when I've run that I've never outrun the grace of God. That he's always Draw me back. And this morning, that's where he is. He's calling you back to him, to him today, reaching out to you right now. David remembered that God knew and that no matter where he was, there were times when David felt empty and alone and walked through the dark night of the soul. And we could just go on and on about David's life. But he could testify to the, to the fact that God was always there, always present with him. He is here this morning. He is drawing near to you today. Aren't you glad? That's because he loves you. It's because he's reaching out to you today. But he doesn't stop there, and neither do we. When you're running on empty, remember that God knows that God is present and that God is all-powerful. Our God today is all-powerful. Verse 13, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. God is all powerful, the creator of all things. But think about this this morning. More than that, more than the creator of all things, he created you. He created you. He loves you. You didn't just accidentally happen into existence. God has knit you Together, Think about it this morning. You are God's masterpiece, we're told in the New Testament. You're God's masterpiece. He has put you together. You're special to him. You're created by a God who loves you and knows, know, knows you and has known you from the very beginning. He cares about you today. Every moment that you've gone through and every moment that you will face, God is aware of that. 
I don't know about you this morning, but just reflecting on that thought reminds me that God is really all-powerful, right? Think about it. He is all-powerful. That's how powerful he is. He had his eyes on you before you were born and will never take his eyes off of you. Every detail of your life he knows about. And here's something to dwell on. As powerful as our God is, God thinks about you. He thinks about you. His thoughts outnumber the grains of sand. His thoughts about you. Think about that. Psalm 139, verse 17, from the paraphrase, the Living Bible paraphrase, it goes like this. How precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I wake in the morning, you're still thinking of me. Now, as you look at the different translations of this very verse, they they, kind of jump back and forth a little bit about what they feel like the right translation is. But as I began to think about this paraphrase and the translation of Scripture that we read a little bit earlier, the New Living Translation, think about the difference it would make in our life if we really believed this. Think about the difference it would make in your life this week if you really believed that God thinks about you. That his thoughts are upon you, right? That God spends time thinking about what a difference it makes just knowing somebody's thinking about us. Don't believe me? What about the times in your own life when you're going through a, a difficult day and out of the blue, somebody texts you and says, hey, I just wanted you to know that I'm thinking about you today. What happens to your spirit? I mean, you can be having a really, really hard day and just getting a message that somebody is thinking about you can lift your spirits greatly. And everybody said, or a phone call or a note in the mail, or an email, or however you want to deliver, just knowing that somebody is thinking about you. Wow. I saw a friend of mine post on Facebook yesterday or the day before, and I had already prepared this, and I thought, there's confirmation. She made this post. She said, my daughter sent me a message today and just said, hey, Mom, I'm thinking about you. Can I just say it made my day? Yeah. Just knowing someone is thinking about us. Now let's take that up a few notches. I'm not just talking about someone thinking about you. I'm talking about the creator God of the universe thinks about you every day. One amen. (laughs) I don't know how to get you excited about that this morning. Some of you are looking at me like, yeah, so what? Big deal. It's a big deal. That's how much he loves you. He thinks about you. And he doesn't just think about us, but he puts those those thoughts into action so very often. Let me tell you something. God has ways of letting us know that he's thinking about us, that he cares about us. And, And can I just tell you, we overlook him all the time. I want to give you just very quickly some examples as we close. Jaren and I were spending a couple days together this week, and of course it involved a half-price bookstore or two, or five, or six. We went over to Dayton, and 
spend the day together, and um, then down to Cincinnati the next day. Had a really nice couple of days. And uh, we were talking one night, the, the night before we went, and I said, hey, Jaron, what books are you looking for so I can kind of help you look? And so he rattled off a few. He said, Dad, there's one book that we're, we're probably not going to find, but he said, you gave me a set of commentaries, and it's missing one it's a commentary set of 12. It's missing number five, the book of Acts. He said, when you gave it to me, you said that book was in the house when it burnt, but the rest of them were at the church. And so when you gave them to me, you said, you just kind of have to be on the lookout for that. He said, I've been looking. He said, we just need to watch for it, but it's, you know, it's a publisher that they didn't put out a lot and kind of went on. And he said, needle in a haystack. And we kind of laughed about it. So we go to the half price bookstore the next day and I walk back. If you've ever been in one, walk back. Uh, next picture there, Daryl, kind of give you an idea. You walk back and there's a clearance section in the back of the store. That's where I always go first and get a book for a buck or two, right? Go to the religion section and I'm looking through. And as I'm looking down through the books, Beacon Commentary number five, the book of Acts. Now, it's no big deal, right? Just a coincidence. We're just talking about it, right? You know, and it just happened to be there. You know? Here's how I took that. God was thinking about us. Now, you know, you can blow that off. You say, Pastor, you're nuts and all that. That's all right. You have the prerogative to do that. Here's what I believe. I'm thinking about you. I heard your conversation. and I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you today. Or maybe it's we're in the car and we're driving to work in the morning and we're feeling so empty inside and we've been mentally going back and forth about how am I going to get through today and what's the way out and on the radio comes a song that just speaks to your heart. I mean, it's like, it's like God just opened the windows of heaven that morning and he poured into your life. You can trust me. I'm with you today. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to guide you. If that's ever happened to you, say Amen. Can I just tell you, that's God saying, I'm thinking about you. I, I, I hear your cry. I know it's a season of empty, but I want you to know that I hear you and you're on my mind today. Or maybe, maybe it is that text from a friend that says something like this, no matter how dark your days get, I'm here for you. Just a phone call or a text away. Can I just tell you, that's a, someone being used as an instrument, but it's God saying, I'm thinking about you. It's God saying, I've put somebody in your life. I, I've put them there to help you through the season of emptiness. I'm thinking about you today. Or it could be you're scrolling through Facebook and a devotion pops up, right? And you happen to read through it. And I mean, it's like God saying, Here's my words for you today. Or maybe it's a passage of scripture as you turn in your Bible that morning and, and, and that morning, I mean, the last few days it's just been stale and you're thinking, God, do you hear my prayers? But, but that morning, that morning, it's like God opens the heavens and those words come alive and it's God saying, I hear your prayers and I'm thinking about you today. I'm with you. I love you. Or maybe you're just outside and driving to work, outside at lunchtime, walking through whatever, and it's a sunrise or a sunset or just something in nature where you just sense God's presence. You might remember the story of our house fire. I'm not going to tell it all today, but this was a flower that God used to just remind us, 
I'm faithful if I care about the flowers and the birds, if I take care of them every day. How much more do I care for you? What's God's promise to us? Just trust in me. It's God saying, I'm thinking about you. I love you. You're on my mind. Can I just tell you that, that right now God is thinking about you this very moment? He knows the emptiness you feel. He knows the pain that you're carrying. He knows the burdens that are weighing heavy on you today. And he's saying, I'm thinking about you. You're on my mind. And I want you to know today that I am with you. I want to pour my love and my grace afresh into your life today. And even though today may not be the end of the season, I want you to know that I'm going to walk day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment with you until the season comes to an end because it will come come to an end if we'll just wait and depend upon him I was thinking about I was thinking about this this week that the same God the same God who spoke into the emptiness at the beginning of creation the same God who spoke into the emptiness and began to create is the same creator God that can speak into our emptiness today the same creator God that can speak into our empty season of life and begin to make all things new for us once again. If you believe that this morning, say amen. amen. That's what he wants to do. How might it make a difference this morning if we're running on empty? If you're going through the season and wondering, how am I ever going to get through the next day, the next hours? How might it make a difference if we would just begin to remember upward this morning? That God knows that He's present, that he's all-powerful, and that he's thinking about me right now, and he's concerned about where I'm living and what I'm going through. And what if we would just fall into the arms of this God who loves us so much this morning and humble ourselves before him? See, because that's what it takes in the seasons of emptiness, is to come to a place where we realize, I can't do this. I truly need to come and ask God to help me. If I'm going to get through the next month, if I'm going to get through the next year, God, it's got to be you. It's got to be your help. And when we do that, what we find is God has so much reserved for us. He's got so many great things, so, so much that he wants to pour into our lives through the power of his Holy Spirit. If we will just come before him and re begin to remember just who it is that we serve he knows what you're going through today. He knows what you're facing. And the best part, he knows how you feel. And what he wants to do this morning is pour himself into you and begin to create within that emptiness all that you need. I'm going to ask Pastor Nathan, if he would, to come this morning. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we close our time together. Bow your heads and Heavenly Father, we're thankful that at this moment that you are here with us. At this moment, your thoughts are on every one of us gathered here today. No doubt in my mind that you're thinking about us, but more than that, that you're here with us to help us today. And so I pray this morning that, Lord, you would draw us to you. For some, you're already speaking to their heart and saying, I just want you to go forward this morning and seek me. 
For some, you've done that before, and, and you just need to be obedient to that. For others, maybe it's something brand new, and you've never made a step out and a step forward. And my prayer is, Lord, that in these moments that you would give everyone the courage that they need to just be obedient to what you're speaking today. May the walls come down this morning, and may we just be real with you and with each other and seek you this morning, Jesus, with all of our heart. We love you, Lord, and we know that our fulfillment, what we need in these days that we live is only found in you. So help us to seek you today. Heads are bowed this morning.